Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 151. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it is a blessing to you. Today I want to teach or talk about the presence of God. And as I open this one up, I'm actually going to do so uh, with a reading from Psalm 63. I'll be reading from the uh, New International Readers version. I actually um, really enjoy the language that this particular translation gives, and and so just um, listen with hearing ears, and um, we'll just jump right into this. So this is Psalm sixty-three. It's a Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. God, you are my God. I seek you with all my heart. With all my strength, I thirst for you in this dry desert where there isn't any water. I've seen you in the sacred tent. There I have seen your power and your glory. Your love is better than life. So I will bring glory to you with my lips. I will praise you as long as I live. I will call on your name when I lift up my hands in prayer. I will be as satisfied as if I had eaten the best food there is. I will sing praise to you with my mouth. As I lie on my bed, I remember you. I think of you all night long. Because you have helped me, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I hold on to you tightly. Your powerful right hand takes good care of me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down into the grave. They will be killed by swords. They will become food for wild dogs. But the king will be filled with joy because of what God has done. All those who make promises in God's name will be able to brag, but the mouths of the liars will be shut. God, I just ask that you would open our ears and our hearts to receive you, that we would receive your eternal, your everlasting, your energizing word, Pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see you, that your presence would fill our hearts and our minds even as we absorb the word that you give for us this moment. I pray those that are listening and that would come to listen would encounter the intimacy of your longing, the nearness of your presence, and the impact of your presence. God, I ask you to do this so that we may glorify your name more fully because we have met you and we have known you. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, as I stare at this blank page trying to decipher 
where to go from here. I get lost. I get captivated by the presence of God. Many of us have varying levels of insight and comfort into this topic. My desire for our time together is to impart some personal flame to pursue the presence of God. While this discussion is just a whisper on the massive topic of God's presence, I pray that I am able to point you down a path to walk you by the hand into the very presence of God. I pray that even as I speak on something as massive as God's presence, you are actually experiencing the very thing I'm testifying of. What better thing can we hope for? Where else could we better spend our time than longing for God's presence? Psalm 16:11 says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore." Many of us, myself included, often forget God's pleasure can be experienced. Fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore can be experienced. Who is seated at the right hand of God the Father? Jesus. Mark 16:19 says, "So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God." We read that also in Acts 2:33, Romans 8:34, 1 Peter 3:22, and Hebrews 1:3. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. So where are those in Christ seated? Ephesians 2.6 says, God raised us up with him, Jesus, and made us to sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places, where are we seated? At the right hand of God. So where we are seated in Christ at God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is important to realize because having the presence of God produces pleasure in us for us and through us Moses said in Exodus 33:15 to God if your presence does not go with us do not send us up from here then in verse 16 what else will distinguish your people from all the other people on the face of the earth God's presence is distinguishing factor from all other people on the earth. When we hunger and seek after God's presence, the reward for our seeking is finding. Jeremiah 29, 13 shows God saying, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart will see God. That word see in Greek denotes an appearing or becoming visible. There is a promise of physicality to it. Don't just think of it in some disconnected state from reality. Let me give some examples of the reality of seeing God that is using that same Greek word to indicate the physical seeing. In Mark 16, verse 7, an angel of God sitting inside the tomb of the risen Christ had spoken to Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, who were seeking to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. This messenger tells the women that Jesus whom they seek is not here. He has risen. So verse 7 says, But go tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They would physically see him. That's the same Greek word as blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In Matthew 28, 9 through 10, we get some added detail to that description that after the women departed quickly from the tomb to tell his disciples that Jesus met them, and he said to them, Greetings. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Same Greek word. Then lastly, in John 1.39, the two disciples of John the Baptist heard John the Baptist declare over Jesus that he, that is the Christ, was the Lamb of God. And they at once followed Jesus. And Jesus asked them, What are you seeking? And they replied to Jesus, Where are you staying? Verse 39, He, Jesus, said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. In these examples, there is a physical seeing attached to that Greek word. Now, what I'm not establishing is that everyone will physically see the Lord with their eyes, though that is absolutely possible and something you can hope and even pray for. But what I am hoping to submit in your thinking is that the presence of God is physical and not just spiritual, not something that is some far-off, unrealized, unfelt, and unseen reality. What is key to this reality? What is the access to seeing God? Purity of heart. Remember, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What is the key to this reality? Purity of heart. Now, what you think right here is important for you to realize. Hopefully, you are taking the moment to assess your own heart. 
Don't think about someone you know or neighbor, someone close to you, but your own heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Before you get discouraged and think it's impossible, I want to provide a suggestion for how to understand purity. Purity is not perfection. If anyone can be so presumptuous to claim they are a perfect human being, they are grossly deceived. Purity is not perfection. Let me illustrate something many of us have experienced. Has someone ever done something for you and they meant well, but they blundered it? Their intention was pure. They did not have mixed or ulterior motives. They had a pure heart, but still could have messed up. This is how I think a pure heart can be understood. A coin that is made out of pure gold has certain properties. It has a certain weight, a certain pliability, a certain melting point. Pure doesn't mean it doesn't have weaknesses. It just means that it's not mixed with other things. This too encapsulates the idea of holy. Set apart. Other than. Matthew 6.22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Singular vision. James 1.5-8 says it like this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Asking and doubting is mixture of faith and unbelief. That person is double-minded, and James says, unstable. James 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Notice, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James ties sinning to the hands and double-mindedness to the heart. Faith is from the heart. And so double-mindedness is a mixture of unbelief and belief, a root issue of the heart. There is a dualness to double-mindedness. This is one who is not single, not pure. Remember, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a promise. Let your heart be without mixture unto God. Those whose hearts are fully given to God, without mixture, will see God. 
That is a promise. Now, I wanted to begin the discussion and end to be filled with God's words. What are my words but feeble attempts to articulate the majesty of God? In closing, I want to read from Psalm 84, and I want you to posture your heart towards God like Mary falling at his feet while feeling his love in and expressing your heart toward him. So I just invite you to feel the words of Scripture. Let them warm your heart with his presence in them. This will be Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. God, I just thank you for your word that it goes from eternity to eternity. I thank you that you are making us new with every word that you breathe upon us. I pray that what you have spoken, what you have inspired and written, God, that you you would bring it to pass in the hearts of every single listener. I pray that it would be something that we would experience, that we would know, we would yearn and desire your presence. God, you are mighty and holy and worthy. And we are unworthy to even come to you, but you welcome us with open arms to do so. I just ask, God, that you would multiply this across the earth and that it would resonate in the hearts and find good soil to take deep root. May your words, God, be a light unto our path. 
Thank you for what you're doing across the earth and those hearing and even my own heart. I just ask that you would multiply, Lord, that you would reveal to us more deeply, more fully the unending love and desire of your heart for ours. Help us to embody your love, your kindness, your generosity. And may we be pleasing to you, hearing your voice and growing deeper in intimacy with you every day. I thank you for those listening and those who will listen. I pray that you bless them and multiply every aspect of their life. I ask this impossible thing by our own efforts, but not by power or by might, but by the Spirit of God. It is you, Holy Spirit, as only able to do that which we cannot do. And so it's in the precious name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen and amen. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here.